With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello and welcome to the Solar Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. And folks, <clears throat> I want to just uh, kind of plant, plant something here that uh, uh, would be kind of an interesting thing for us to set up this whole conversation with. Um, and it has to do with uh, changing what you think you know about selling. Because our guest today, my guest today, I'm delighted to have him on the show. Um, yeah, he's, uh, for those of you that know me and know, you know the work that I do, uh, you know, David Melcher is one of my best friends in the world, and he and I do a show together, uh, Bloomberg TV's um, uh, Office Hours uh, with David Meltzer, uh, co-hosted with Blaine Bartlett. Um, well, my guest today, Ari uh, Galper, has, you know, actually grew up with David. And uh, the idea of selling without chasing is a real interesting concept that comes into mind. And, and Ari is really the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. And I'm absolutely uh, delighted to have you on the show. Um, you know, the idea of trust-based selling is, is uh, a really interesting, I think, take on how you go about approaching moving anything into somebody else's mind share and into their experience of life. So, yeah, Ari. Yeah, just with that little pre you know, preamble introduction. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Blaine. Appreciate to be here and uh, looking forward to it. Well, um, let me. Yeah, I mean, I start every show with uh, a, a simple question. Uh, when you hear the phrase "the soul of business," what does that bring up for you? For me, it immediately uh, triggered the idea of authenticity uh, and connecting to people at a level, at the soul level, where people resonate with you and they resonate with your message. I feel like that's sort of the vibe that I want to talk about today. So there's sort of this um, this vibration that your market feels from you and your customer feels from you that they don't from anybody else. That to me is unique. You know, uh, in uh, Sanskrit, you know, th there's a term called rasa. You know, just kind of the, the, the feel of something. It's got you know, a place or a thing has some energy associated with it. Yeah. And if you're kind of tuned into it, you kind of get the sense of what that's about. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I've done a lot of selling. Anybody that's in business, I mean, the, the world revolves around my ability to sell my product or service. Uh, there's a distinction between selling to get something and selling to make a difference. Um, and I'm you know, kind of parsing that out very specifically for a reason here, because it, I think it leads into what you have here is about you know, how did you get to this point and the, you know, the whole idea of trust based selling. Where did that notion first appear for you? And then how have you averaged, you know, actually leveraged it? Because I think it's sure. fascinating. Well, as experience that happened about 20 years ago that kind of woke me up to this concept. And I'll tell you the story behind this. Um, I was a sales manager in a software company and we launched the first online website uh, tracking tools to collect uh, user behavior statistics and on, on websites. And now it's called um, Google Analytics. 
a pretty popular <laughs> free tool. But back then, actually, uh, cost money years ago. And I was managing 18 people underneath me, 18 salespeople. And the leads that came across our website, there were big opportunities came across my desk first. And this one contact called our office. I got the phone call. Great conversation with this gentleman. Uh, he represented a really huge global business and company. And um, he agreed to a conference call and a live demo of our product. And it was such a big opportunity, Blaine. If I close this one sale, it would double the revenue in one transaction. That's how big this deal was. So um, the day finally came, a Friday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I was in a conference room with my CEO. I closed the door behind me. Big, long conference table. In the middle of the table is the old school speaker phones, you know, the three legs on it, the corporate kind of phones. And um, I hit the dial tone and I dialed the number they gave me. He picks it up. He says, hey, Ari. I said, hey, how's it going? Good. And he says to me, Ari, let us tell you who's with us in the room today. And I was like, oh, didn't realize there'd be someone else there. Next thing I hear is, my name is John. I'm CEO of the company. I was like, oh, this is good. My name's Chris. I'm head of global IT. This is even better. My name is Julia. I'm head of marketing. This is great. I mean, everybody on this call was basically a decision maker. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen now because they're all there. So um, I introduced myself and then begin giving them a live demo over the web of their websites being collected ahead of time. The stats to see it for the first. So this is pre, pre internet. And uh, I'm showing this to them, clicking around the screen. They're seeing their information for the first time. And I hear, start hearing this noise on the phone call, like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. I can't believe it. They started asking me all kinds of questions. You know, how does it work? How do we install it? And of course, I had all the answers. I mean, there, there was so much chemistry on this phone call plan. It was like a love fest on the phone. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it just felt oh, I so <laughs> right. No resistance. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going back and forth. I'm answering objections. They're so, they're so excited. And... I'm answering everything I need to answer. I mean, there was so much chemistry call. It was, it was fantastic. And the call comes to a close about an hour later and my contact says to me, Ari, this is great. We love it. Look, give us a call a couple of weeks, follow up with us and we'll move this thing forward. I said to myself, oh, thank you, God. You know, oh, this is like the dream. And so I said my goodbyes and I took my, my arm and my hand and I reached for the speakerphone in the middle of the table and I'm reaching for the off button. As I'm reaching for the off button, by complete accident, I hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were right next to each other, and I hit the wrong button. A small click happened, and they thought I hung up the phone. And that mm -hmm. split second, a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side. Be a fly in the wall. Go where no one's ever gone before in the world of sales. So they started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Now, what would you, I know you kind of know the story, but what would you imagine, what would you expect them to have said after a call like that? Not a trick question on that. What would you imagine? Oh, they yeah. said? It's kind of like, yeah, let's, I'm so excited about doing this. I mean, just given the way you described it, I can't wait to get this started. We're going to have to work with the numbers a little bit probably, but yeah, uh, uh, let's just get this thing done. Particularly if they're saying, let's you know, get this launched. Yeah, and, that's what you expect. Yeah, them so they're, looking at, they're looking at calendars. and Exactly. I was waiting to hear that. But let me share with you what I heard word for word. What they said was this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Knife and heart twist. Blaine, I was in a state of shock. I yeah. snapped out of it, hit the off button, looked at the wall and said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was professional. I was competent. Uh, I was 
you know, easygoing. I wasn't aggressive. And the first big epiphany hit me. And that was this, somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell. Yep. Right? It's okay if Hastings like, sounds good. Send me information. Oh, we're definitely interested. Oh, wait, wait. Send us a what? A proposal. Proposal. Without having any intention of buying. And I said to myself, what is going on here? And I asked myself, why were they afraid to just tell me the truth? I'd be okay with that. And that's when I realized there is an invisible flow of pressure that flows underneath every sales conversation you have with somebody in the sales process. And if you're not aware of that pressure and taking it out of the conversation, what happens is their wall is always up, their guards up. They give you just enough to chew on with the hope that you'll chase them and pursue them. And the whole dysfunctional game occurs. And so that became the whole wake-up call for me. I said to myself, I've got to crack this code. I've got to unlock this game. I've got to help people stop chasing what I call ghosts. People who never call you back. And that became my whole approach where the whole shift is your goal is not to focus on the sale anymore. Your focus is to create deep trust with people in the beginning where they feel comfortable moment enough to open up to you and tell you the truth. That became our whole yeah. premise behind our philosophy. So, yeah, I want to capsulate, yeah, capture that because I mean that when when I first heard this story and, and then heard that piece, it was kind of like, ooh, that's really good. The purpose of a sale is not to sell. The purpose of a sales call, the sale, the sales call, is to generate trust so that you've got a foundation to move forward and to get to the truth of whether you and them are fit or not. Yep. Which means you're letting go of your objective and you're being present with them 100%. You're not thinking about a next step every few minutes. Yeah. And that that's the I, I think that's the difference between being invested in the sale and being attached to the outcome. Right. Because if I'm attached to the outcome, I'm going to do the dance. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what we're okay, talking yeah. about today is deconditioning people away from that dance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love I love that story. I love the story the first time I heard it. It was kind of like, wow, this is really rich. Now, yeah, you you've um, you've written a book, and it's you know the one call sale, and I want to make sure that we get that in because yeah, it is disruptive. I mean, it really tur- turns on its head. Yeah, everything that we think that we know about selling and the sales process itself. And you know, I've been through sales programs. Uh, I mean, I yeah. I go back almost 35 years here. One of the very first sales programs I took, uh, and it's kind of like, you know, get up, you know, just, yes, it's kind of like, I can't just kind of, I, after, after, you know, exploring what you're up to with this, I mean, it's kind of like that is that old way of working seems so antithetical to actually how I live my life today. Right. Um, you know, and it's steeped in authenticity. Right. And I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this little soapbox yeah. uh, spiel here. But it's steeped in authenticity. And authenticity is almost impossible to resist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's magnetic. It's a vibration. Yeah. It, it truly is a vibrational quality. That, you know, is, and you know, the, the spirit of life comes through on, you know, when things are authentic. I mean, I, I, I look at a sunset. It is authentic. Yes. And it, it's captivating. Yes. Yeah, I, I will say yes to a sunset every day of my life. Sure. <laughs> I truly sure. will. Metaphorically, it, it sure. kind of translates. So, yeah, this idea of sales myths, because I grew up with a lot of them, uh, you know, just coming up through the corporate ladder as I did in, in, in the consulting field, you know, trying to sell big projects and million dollar projects. 
What are some of the sales myths that uh, you kind of disabuse people of today? Sure. There are a lot of common ones that we're still wedded to from the past. One is a classic one. I'm sure you recognize this one. And that is that sales is a numbers game. Mm -hmm. The concept is the more contacts you make, the more sales <laughs> you're supposed to make. Well, yeah. we discover in this economy now, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation. Not how good you are, how many contacts you make, but how good you are trust building. A very different way of looking at your process. And number two is the idea that the sale is lost at the end of the process. But we believe the sale is not lost at the end anymore. It's actually lost at the beginning at hello. And I'll prove it to you right now. If someone calls your office tomorrow morning and you pick up the phone and you hear, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? I, yeah. What do you want to sell me? I mean, it's over yeah, at hello, okay. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll make the case today that many of your viewers and listeners are losing their opportunities, not at the end of the cycle. They're losing it at the beginning. They may not making, maybe not doing outbound calls, but somewhere they've lost trust in the beginning, which caused them to not go in that chasing game, which then never ends. We'll talk about that today. And then the last key yeah. myth is the idea of rejection. The sales rejection is part of the game. If you can't take a no, if you're not tough enough, you're not this skinned enough, you're not made for success. Well, that, we, we discovered, interestingly, that rejection is actually triggered by certain things you say and do unconsciously that causes the other person to pull back on you and forces you to fight the battle. We'll talk, talk about that today as well. Yeah, I mean... You lose the sale, not in the close. There's no such thing as a bad closer. There's a bad opener. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially yeah. what you're saying here. Uh, yeah, let's just unbundle these one at a time because I think this is fascinating. And, and, and folks, those of you that are listening, I, I know that you're running a business. You, you wouldn't be listening to the soul of business if you weren't an entrepreneur or if you weren't a business owner or somebody that is working in business. So I want you to pay particular attention to this because this is gold. It really is. This is a very fundamentally different way of thinking about how you go about positioning, not your product or service, but positioning yourself. Yes. In the pro in the in service of having your product or service be. And, and, and on that note, I'll just mention that your ideal clients, they don't really care about how you solve their problem. What they care about is that you're the one to solve it or not. So the whole time they're asking themselves, do I trust him? Do I trust him? They're not asking themselves, well, how is he doing that? That they really care about, are you the one? And that's what we don't realize. We think it's about our product and our solution. And, and look, we're in a world of, of commoditization right now. How do you can differentiate your service over someone else? But if you can differentiate your approach, then you're in a category of one. Yeah. That so this kind of goes back to the soul of the business. Yeah. How do you yeah, how do you have that be a declarative uh, yes. opening? Yes for yes. the relationships you're trying to create. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yes. that looks so so, let, so let's walk you know walk 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 through this. How did yeah because there's a sequence to it. Yeah. 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 So so our, our framework is is almost the metaphor for us is it's a doctor patient relationship. Mm -hmm. And doctors when you go to see a doctor they don't try and build a relationship with you. They don't say, hey, how's it going? How's the football game? Really? Oh, that's great. Nice to meet you, by the way. What do you guys do? They don't put in the, all the, the sales stuff that we're supposed to be doing because we, we think we're, they're supposed to like us and know us and get to know us better before they buy from us. See, doctors don't do that. In fact, I'm working on a bumper sticker right now. 
and it's going to be called Doctors Don't Do Coffee. <laughs> because they know if they create social relationships with someone, you'll feel less obligated to take their recommendation because you'll be mm -hmm. friends. And what I discovered was that in trust-based selling, this sounds totally ironic, I know, but your job is not to build a relationship with your prospects pre-sale. You build it after the sale, not before the sale. Now, you're probably going, what the heck? That's what sales is all about, relationship building. That's what, that's what the world's about. Well, what I realize is relationship building and trust building are mutually exclusive. What that means is you don't have to put in the whole, hey, how's it going thing. You can take that whole piece out and just diagnose their problem with bedside manner and empathy and warmth and really help the customer understand their own issues at a deep level, they say to themselves, man, he just gets me. He understands me. That's what mm -hmm. real trust is. Real trust is when somebody else understands you more than you understand yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I want to just mark that one out. Trust building is different than relationship building. Yes. And if you are targeting relationship building on the front end of this conversation, you're going to be dead in the water. It's, it's kind they of they don't want to become your friend. They know it's fake anyways. They just yeah. met you and here you are trying to, oh, they, they know it's fake. <laughs> they know it's part of the yeah. sales game from the 1980s. They know it's not real. That's why doctors yep. don't do it. Yeah. Trust is what you want to have in place. And Based That's, on your, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so to, to, to the point here, how do you do that? I mean, tr trust does not take a long time to build. It does not. And, and, and I think I'm going to add that number four to your list of uh, sales, <laughs> sales myths. Trust doesn't take a long time to build in my experience. What exactly. it requires though is authenticity. Yes, and focusing on their world and not your world. Their world I tell my, my client, world. what I tell my clients is I say, Fall out of love with your solution and fall in love with your client's problems. Mm -hmm. Say that and one then more time. you'll be fall out <laughs> of love with your solution and fall in love with their problems because then you can put yourself in their world and help them understand their own world, amplify the issues and ask this question, which is, is this a priority for you to solve once and for all? Yeah. Or is it something you're happy just to live with and, and not resolve right now? And I'm okay either you know, way. I mean, imagine telling somebody something. I'm, one I'm okay person. either way. I love that. I'm okay either way. Either way. Yeah. I, the sales yeah. not what I'm here for. I'm here to help. It's like a it's like a therapist and a patient. If the patient mm -hmm. doesn't own the problem, they're a nightmare patient to have. You got to pull them forward. So you got to switch your authority so they view you as someone who actually cares about them and put the ball in their court let them own it not you yeah you know part of the way i define leadership and, and sales is a leadership activity it really is i'm always selling as a leader um, but it's co-creating coordinated movement and yeah. the first piece on that is co-creation it's ownership transfer yes yeah i mean i can't co-create unless ownership has actually been shared at that yes. point in time. Yes. And, you know, um, I'm going to, we're going to take a brief break here in just a minute. Uh, but 
One of the things you know, that uh, you know, listeners uh, of, the, of the program have heard me say over and over and over again is that everything is a relationship. Everything is a relationship. And all an organization is, is a collection of people in relationship. Now, that gives an interesting paradox to what it is that we're just talking about here, because if I'm focusing on building the relationship, and this is this is the kind of the paradox on this. I can't focus on building the relationship. I've got to focus on building the trust because that's the foundational platform that everything else works off of. So right. when we come back, we're going to take a real brief break. My my guest here, Ari Galper. I want to continue exploring this notion of trust because, in my experience, people don't understand what trust is. Correct. They don't have a bloody clue what trust is. Yeah. And as a consequence of that, they don't know how to build it. So we'll take a brief break. We'll come back. We'll talk about this. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to BlaineBartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52-week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast-changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to BlaineBartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the Leadership Mastermind Program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back, folks. I am speaking with Ari Galper here, the number one authority on trust-based selling. And I, and I want to mark, mark that, the number one authority in the world on trust-based selling. What is trust, Ari? <clears throat> trust is essentially letting go of your own agenda and putting yourself 100% into your ideal clients and prospects world and helping them understand the depth of their own issues and having them own those issues with full authenticity, with the, with, the, with, the object, with the intention of actually caring about them and helping them, not just to make the sale. And like where I'm, my influence from this comes from my son, Toby, when he was born, uh, we were told that he had Down syndrome. And at first, we'd know what that meant. But if you know someone has dancers, you know how beautiful the people are. They're just so transparent. Oh, They're they pure are. love. They have no hidden agenda. I wrote a book about him called Lessons from Toby. And he's influenced my thinking in this whole 20-year process here to really build this out. Because I said to myself, man, who's the role model here? Not us. It's him. Because he has no hidden agenda. He's just so open and so focused on the other person. I said to myself, he's who we have to become one day. And that's the, that's the work I'm doing here. That's my mission is to help people let go of their own goal and to be in someone else's world. So there's this instant trust with people and then things just happen magically from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. When my, 
you know, late wife died. I mean, and this whole idea of trust. <clears throat> and, I've, and I've used this example uh, in a lot of the leadership training I do around authenticity. Um, Hank Kaplan, Dr. Henry Kaplan is the oncologist that I, that I reference here. And I love this man. I, he is just, oh. um, but the relationship my late wife and I had with him was built on trust. I mean, mm. and you used the doctor patient analogy a little right. bit earlier. We would have done anything and everything that he ever suggested we did. Right. And, it, and, and I, and, and honestly, it was like, I wasn't concerned about protocols or procedures or anything else. If, if, if Hank said, this is what we need to do or where we right. need to go, that's what we did. And that's where we went. Uh, and, it, and we were very much, you know, in front of the treatment pro, you know, we were owning this whole thing. It wasn't like we just abdicated responsibility, right. but we felt he got what was going on, not only with, you know, with Pam and, uh, and her, her cancer, but with the family structure. Yes. So, you know, I cannot think of a time where I didn't feel like he got us right. in any conversation. Right. And that made all the difference in the world. And, and, and it was a, you know, an unfortunate outcome, you know, you know in the sure. sense that Pam, Pam didn't make it, uh, make it through. And I remember sitting down with him the day that she died. And, and I walked into the office and he saw me coming in and I heard him say to his scheduling nurse, cancel the rest of my appointments today. Right. And I sat down at his desk and it was, you know, relatively late in the afternoon, but yeah, you know, but the, the deal was cancel my appointments. I need to be present for this. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I've never forgotten that. And right. I, and I use that example in, in, in the, the leadership training I do with, with physicians about you have right. to build trust before you go anywhere else with anything. So Correct. there's, there's principles that you've identified yes. that I think are absolutely brilliant. And, and I say brilliant because they're brilliant in terms of their simplicity. I right. mean, I, and they're, they're simple, but they're not easy to execute on, on, a, on an ongoing basis unless you really are paying attention. Yes. So yes. Let, let's unbundle that a little bit because, you know, again, I don't think that most people know what trust is in a lot of ways. And these principles actually begin to inform how I go about building trust, if I understand mm -hmm. how you put this together. Yes. So we, I developed my own body of work around what I call trust-based languaging. Words and phrases that build trust with people in, in real time in a conversation that builds that feeling of connectivity and openness. And uh, the core principle behind this is one well, number one is what I call always be diffusing pressure, always take the pressure out of the conversation to bridge that trust. Let me give you an example right now that I think you relate to and, and everybody else can relate to. Let's say you're having a first call with somebody over the phone, a potential prospect or opportunity, and the call is going well good chemistry, looks like a good opportunity, looks like a good fit, call kind of comes to a close. Uh, normally we say things like, how about we move forward, have a cup of coffee next? We always move things where? What's the next step? Exactly, that's what we've been trying to do that, right? But what happens if you attempt to move somebody forward and they aren't ready yet? What do you break with them right there in the process? Yeah, it's kind of like Trust. Exactly. So. Yeah. So same scenario, our mindset, our languaging. Calls, same call, calls going well, good opportunity, good chemistry, call comes to a close. Rather than saying, hey, how about we move towards a sale? What we say instead is this, we say, where do you think we should go from here? 
-hmm. And I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here? Now, how is that changing the dynamic of the moment? The question puts me as the receiver of the question in charge. You're and shifting the power, exactly. Yep. And, 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 and that's, you know, I mean, that it's, and it also says, well, you know, I'm not sure, it gives me permission to say, I'm not sure yet because I don't know that my questions have been answered fully. Exactly. So I, don't, I don't know where else to go. It opens vulnerability to allow them to tell you the truth. That's mm -hmm. the goal. The goal is to build this bubble of vulnerability with someone so they feel comfortable opening up to you and telling you everything, not just enough to get you, give you breadcrumbs to get you excited about the sale. You see, that's the yep. shift that we're doing at the beginning versus wondering at the end what happened because we've been taught and conditioned to move things forward, not to build trust. You see, the old gurus yep. taught us our job is to go to step one, <clears throat> step two, step three, and bring them down that track. The problem with that is they know that track a mile away. Within three seconds, they know what you're up to. They know the game. It's over. You can't do that anymore because people know, oh, here we go again. Next step, follow-up chasing. So yep. when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? Mm -hmm. Usually they're in a state of shock. Yeah, they can't believe yeah. it. They, they can't believe somebody would be so authentic to actually ask them what they want to do. That is your differentiation. Yeah. I have permission to say, I don't think we need to go anywhere right now. Yeah. Or I want, can you give me more information about that? Yeah. Or I've got one more question. What about, I got it one all more comes out. Yeah. The truth that's yeah. being buried there because we don't know how to unlock it. Yeah. That is so. Uh, the, the the sale is made in the opening, not in the closing. And you know, I remember when I mean, I keep yeah going back to death here. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. Uh, but when my dad was dying, um, I, I I remember uh, a friend of mine was saying, "Well, it, it must have been hard, you know, kind of being with him." And I said, "Actually, it wasn't hard." Mm -hmm. And here's the reason it wasn't hard. Instead of saying goodbye to him, going to see, you know, going to see him to say goodbye on an ongoing basis right. for, you know, I think it was about six months, I would go there and I'm saying, Dad, tell me something I don't know about you. Right. I'd, I'd right. go there to, you know, basically to say hello. Right. Yeah. Hi, Dad. Let me know something about you I don't know. Being and present. we yeah. had the, the most fascinating conversations out of that. And, the, and, and it was, it was authentic. It wasn't. Oh, I'm so sorry to see. I mean, hang on, tell All me right. what I can. Do. No, it was none of that. It was, it was it was a conversation that brought life to right. the process. Right. And in the bringing of life to the process, there was all kinds of stuff that we could work with. Right. You're being present. You're being present there. Absolutely. Tell me something I don't know about you. So, yeah, where do you think we should go next? Well, let me tell you about this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's the first principle. The the other one is. The other one is the idea of getting to the truth. Now, what does that mean? What that means is having the other person feel comfortable opening up to you 100%. So you're not playing the guessing game anymore. Let me give you an example of this. Uh, recently, yeah. someone called me, recently, someone called my office. They got through my team, got to me, unscheduled call. I put the phone up and I hear this. I hear Mr. Galper. I said, yes, my name is John Johnson. Changed the name. I'm with XYZ Company. They're a huge 
Corporation. Uh, we're looking to bring someone in to train our, our salespeople. We're looking at you and two other people right now. We'd like to know, first of all, why should we go with you? Why are you the best? And give me your best sales pitch. He says it's to me, inbound, right? So I'm a human being too. They're a big company. But I took a deep breath. I got centered. I lowered my voice. And I said this to him. I said, well, isn't that interesting? And I paused for a moment. There's more. Don't worry. I paused very calmly. And I said to him, I'm leading in on this. And I said to him, over here, our company, we have a very similar process to you where we ask some questions, gather information to see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, we decide where to go from there. And I said to him, would you be open to that? It's all I said to him. Next thing on the phone, you know what I heard? Nothing. Dead silence. Then he actually breathed across. Like his breath came to the phone. I could feel his shoulders kind of came down. He became human again. And he lowers his voice and he says to me, uh, okay, um, what kind of questions do you have for me? Next thing I know, we're having a normal conversation. Within five minutes, I discover, one, he's not a decision maker. Two, he has no budget. And three, he's just curious as to what I do. And off he went to some of my videos, my website, hung up the phone. Now, what did my process just save me months of there? Chasing a potential client that you thought was going to say yes because they were saying, this sounds really good to me. I'll get back to you on this. Chasing, pursuing. Actually, this drug in our bodies is latent, but it gets turned on with calls like that. You know what the drug is called? It's called hopium. You know the, <laughs> you know the hopium drug? I got the call, honey. Guess what? Fiji this year. We're going to Fiji. I got the phone call. You tear a team. I got the call. You're so, you got the hopium drug going through your body. You're so excited because the call came in. And you, <laughs> you call them back and you get their voicemail like, what? He's not calling me back. Then you go to your computer, open your email up, and you write, Dear John, I'm just writing you to what? To follow up. Follow up. I'm going to ask all your listeners right now to do me a favor and remove this one phrase forever from your vocabulary and never, ever use it ever again. And here it is. Never again use the word follow-up in the rest of your career as of today. Ever again. (laughs) What's the only industry in the world that says, hi, I'm calling a follow-up? Sales. Sales. And here you are trying to be heart-centered and non-aggressive and nice. And what your languishing screams... 1980s and trying to move this thing to a next step and next step and there's a classic few yeah. more other ones like remember the one like touching base and uh circle back and okay. checking in these are like night these are so classics i am guilty of every single one of them <laughs> over and over and over so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you listeners here's the vaccine for that 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 problem so here it is i'm gonna use this instead I'm giving you a call to see if you have any further questions, feedback on our previous conversation, any feedback on our last meeting, any feedback on the proposal, feedback, see feedback's not going forward. Feedback's going backwards, the opposite Uh direction, which takes the pressure out. You see, feedback is what gets to the truth. Try that one change tomorrow with somebody and watch what happens. 
you'll be like, oh my God, they won't stop talking. Ari was right. The entire time I was the problem. I was using languaging and process that cut them off without even knowing it because I'm so conditioned to sell in the old way. Ah, uh, all right. That, that, that last piece is brilliant. I mean, it, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Feedback. Not feedback. Feedful. Even notice the word I said to him on that role play. I said, you know, would you be open? The word open replaces the word interested. See, interest is a sales word. See, yeah. we're so conditioned to get a yes or a no. Our languaging points to the yes. See, what we say the word open is the middle space that allows mm -hmm. them to engage because we're so wired to kind of move them down that track that narrows down our behaviors, which they know within three seconds what this is about. This is absolutely brilliant stuff. It really is. And I'm very mindful of your time and the time of this podcast here. Um, so we've got a couple of principles here. Is there any one that we're missing? Those are the key. Those are the two. Okay. Those are the key ones there. Um, you know, the one call sale, uh, you outline all of this in that book, right? So, so just to clarify, my new book yeah. is the one call sale coming out yeah. next year. My current oh, book is okay. unlock the sales game which is now available Perfect. and people are getting to find that now has it inside of there. But my new Got book it. will be the pinnacle of my work, which compresses the sales cycle down to one single conversation, which I do now with my private clients. That, okay. Yeah. When, okay. When that is ready to launch, let me know. Sure. And we'll, we'll get you back on the show because yeah. I, I, I think this is absolutely brilliant. I love this and I love it for the, you know, for a couple of reasons. One is, uh, it puts the whole process where it belongs, which is a shared ownership of yes. moving things forward. And from a business perspective, you know, I, I talk about this a lot. You know, how do people feel about themselves when they're in the presence of you, your, your, your service or your product? And if they don't yes. feel uplifted, if they don't feel you know, vibrant, you're probably not going to make making the sale. Uh, and I mean that in a very objective way, but you're also probably not being of service to them. Yeah. So the idea of, of, of you know, opening this up with, you know, and literally opening this up with authenticity, vulnerability, so that it's not a sales process, it's a trust building process. Yes. Where can people find out more about what you're up to, Ari? The best place to go is to unlockthegame.com. There's a free intro course there, a consultation there, complimentary. And also on LinkedIn, connect with me there. I have a show once a month there called Stump the Guru, where you can jump on and stump me with the toughest sales question live. I'll take you in the queue there. And uh, the archives are available on the website. And it's lots of fun. But um, look, it, this is for people who are, who are really in a... Uh, low volume, high price point, high trust model where it's advisory consulting, uh, high right. transaction size, and you can't, you know, do the old thing that you're used to. Yeah. So, you know, for folks like me, I mean, selling a million dollar program or a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand dollar coaching program. Yeah. This is gold. This I've got <laughs> clients now who are, who are onboarding new prospects after one single conversation, no proposals. No follow-up, yeah. no next steps. Beautiful. Folks, you've been listening to Ari Galper, um, the number one, and I mean that truly, the number one authority on trust-based selling. Uh, he's been featured in CEO Magazine, Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Sky News, Australian Financial Review, 
he actually resides in Sydney right now, Sydney, Australia. So um, that's where the uh, Australian Financial Review and Sky News comes in. But uh, all right, I want to just thank you so much for being just a, a font of absolute wonderful knowledge and wisdom here. I appreciate that greatly. Pleasure, Blair. And Absolutely. we will have you back on the show. Look forward to it. <laughs> okay. And we'll, we'll make scheduling a lot easier than we did at this time. For sure. Okay. Folks, you've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Um, go check out my website, blainebartlett.com. Uh, you'll find a number of resources there that uh, hopefully will pique your interest. And if your interest is piqued, give me a call. And we'll see what we can work out to uh, make a difference in your world. Uh, yeah, my, my purpose is solving your problem. We'll make it that, uh, that simple. Okay. Ari, thank you very much. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.